One of the good things about starting a business in China is you, you can kind of just get going and hit the ground running. Um, but when the time comes, you know, you can get yourself set up the right way. Welcome to the Global from Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now your host, Michael Michelini. Okay, we are in the backseat of a taxi. I don't know. I just like email. I prefer to do it on the move rather than sitting in my uh, sitting in my studio. So we are at Global from Asia, episode one hundred and sixty-seven, and I sold Claire for the day. She's out at a factory visit for our, for a client, and I am in a taxi. I am on the move, talking to attendees and sponsors for this year's Cross Border Summit. It's been great. Some of you listeners uh, finally have been reaching out to me, listening for years. It's great to hear from you and and hear you're going to actually make it out to the conference. So it's amazing. Crossbordersummit.com. It's going to be April 21st and 22nd. And the crazy thing is I'm already brainstorming 2018's, the year 2018's Cross Border Summit. Can you believe that? Just thinking already some feedback and making it, making it bigger and bigger and better. So Okay, and now for this week's show, we have Bao Pals. This is the startup that's been growing like crazy, and the founders are both on the show today talking about the story and the growth. It's a Shanghai-based platform to help you buy online from Chinese e-commerce sites via their system using the English language. We had a lot of fun. They're, they're really fun to interview, and we have, as always, the show notes and photos can be found at globalfromasia.com slash episode 167. All right, let's listen in. Okay, thank you everybody for tuning in to another Global From Asia podcast. We have some cross-border e-commerce stuff going on today. We have with us Charles and Jay, the founders of Baopals.com. Thanks for being here, guys. Happy to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Sure. So, I've, yeah, I mean, I've been following your case for a while. You guys kind of like, maybe you can give us the elevator pitch about your business really quickly for our listeners. Yeah, sure. You like sure. It? You uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a go. It's pretty simple, actually. Um, you have listeners around the world, so uh, maybe they don't know what Taobao and Tmall are. But um, first, to understand our business, you have to know that Taobao and Tmall are the world's largest online marketplace. And if you haven't heard of it, it's because they're used almost exclusively by Chinese people. But you can buy everything on Taobao and Tmall uh, at the best prices in the world most of the time. Uh, and so what we wanted to do was create a way that made it easy for non-Chinese people to shop online from Taobao and Tmall. And so that's what the Baopals platform is. It, it connects all of our shoppers with Taobao and Tmall, letting them shop the same way they would uh, back home from Amazon or from any e-commerce site that's familiar. Um, so it's basically just an easy and great shopping experience buying from uh, Chinese stores and Chinese sellers and, and getting anything you want here in China. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And before we created Taobao's, there really wasn't a way for expats, you know, uh, living in China to pur- purchase anything from Taobao or Tmall easily. There was no main e-commerce platform for expats here. Yes. So it was the pain point we definitely, you know, felt and felt we could solve. So. It's Yeah, I know. I've heard about you guys for quite a few years. When did it, when did you guys launch? About or um, it was actually just a couple of days ago. It was actually our one year anniversary since our launch. So it's only okay. only been around for a year. Wow. Okay. Feels longer, but uh, that's awesome. And 
And uh, yeah. yeah, so you guys have, uh, you know, your your guys are in Shanghai, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm sure you get this question a lot, but you know, we can you can maybe have people listen to this show to stop uh, get the question. But how how did you get to China? What's your China high level story of how you guys got over here? Um, yeah, it's uh, I think it, everybody has a pretty unique story, but. Um, for me, um, I just graduated university um, and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with my life, but I, I didn't want to start working at some corporate job and sort of climbing the corporate ladder right away in the U.S. Um, so I figured I want to travel around and my mom is actually Chinese. So I felt like I had uh, sort of this this compelling uh, compulsion to go to to China and sort of learn a little bit about my heritage um, and also learn the language for my mother. And so I decided, you know what, I'm just going to go out to Shanghai and see what happens, stay for a year. I think I had these sort of illusions of grandeur that because I knew the language a little bit and I wanted to go to China, that I would just find some type of business opportunity here in the beginning. Um, But I quickly realized it's much more difficult than than I imagined when I arrived. Um, Yeah, and I uh, this is back in 2007 for me. So. I had also graduated from university and I'd already had a taste of Asia because I did an internship in Hong Kong. I traveled to Japan and around Thailand. And so I knew Asia was a very exciting place, a very fun place to be. And I figured I would head over to Shanghai for a year and see what happened. Uh, But I found a lot of opportunity here. And so one year turned into two years, which eventually turned into eight years. Um, And I kept staying because I always wanted to be my own boss. Uh, I'm a bit of a control freak. So uh, I found that this was a great city to do that. Um, And then, you know, with Baopals, I had the perfect opportunity to to really pursue uh, a business. Okay, yeah, it's your 2007 is like me. I was I came to China 07 as well. Also for one year. (laughs) Uh, Well, I left in 2010 for a little bit to the Philippines and then ended up coming back. Can't, That's get funny. Up. I did the same thing. I, I left mm-hmm. in 2010 and went to Hong Kong for a year. I was like, <laughs> I'm done with Shanghai. And then, uh, and then after a year in Hong Kong, I was like, you know what? Shanghai wasn't all that bad. I think I'm going to go back. <laughs> uh, it's, I think it, the ones like us that come back, I think we, we can't complain because we know what we're getting ourselves into. I think <laughs> it's, yeah, exactly. it's awesome. Well, and then how about you guys? How did, how do you guys uh, hook up and get did you guys know each other for a while before starting this up or, or, uh, what's, what's the, well, we met here in Shanghai. It's, it's been about no interest for about four years now, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was fresh off the boat. So I've been here for four and a half years or so. Cool. So it was just a couple months in, um, and we had a mutual friend and he invited us to, uh, to a house party. Um, and I showed up, I think around like, like nine o'clock or so. And my friend introduced me to Jay and Jay was, basically passed out on the couch there. <laughs> so he's like, oh, this is Jay. He's a cool guy. And the I saw on the couch. Yeah, this is on the couch. So he kind of grunted at me. And then I was like, this is a cool guy. I think I want to do business with him. Yeah, I think, I think the, uh, the gin and tonics were a little bit too strong for me. <laughs> we're getting a real story here. This is great. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, but we got along instantly. And, and, um, and at the time, you know, I was freelancing um, and Charlie also was, was kind of, um, just finding work here and there. So we had plenty of time to hang out and get to know each other. Mm-hmm. It involved a lot of, um, a lot of zombie killing on PlayStation. And, uh, 
And, and, you know, we, we found we had a lot in common, even though we come from really different backgrounds. I mean, I, I, I grew up kind of in the suburbs. Charlie grew up in the country. Mm. Okay. But yeah, it was really, I think it was actually playing video games, just hanging out together. Um, we just sort of clicked. Um, and then just spending that much time with each other, we start talking about all sorts of things, you know, um, including business ideas because Jay was, was doing a, was an English consulting and, uh, company. It was actually a business training company and I was helping him out with, with that. Okay. Um, we actually did a little podcast for a while too, just for fun. Yeah, oh, we, we right. did cool. a lot of different things um, nice. back then, mostly around the corporate training business. Yeah. And, and our third co-founder, uh, TJ, also, he also helped out a bit on that. So as friends, we would just, we would know what each of us was working on and we'd find ways to help each other come up with ideas together. And so we already had kind of a foundation for for that. Yeah. And I think especially in Shanghai, there's sort of an entrepreneurial spirit. Everybody's got an idea and everyone's, and it's always fun and exciting to talk about these ideas. And uh, there's so much money to be made here in China. Just, you got to figure out how to do it. So um, it was fun just talking about all these little things we could do. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think it's so then for four years, yeah, you guys work. So it's, I, I'd like to just highlight that for our listeners, you know, you, know, you, you guys knew each other. You, you were uh, hustling with different projects, trying different things, right? I think that's what it's all about. And then t- until you find the right one, you just got to, can't really predict what's the future, but that's a cool, it's a cool uh, story here. So I just want to dig in, I, you know, you guys have done a, a really great job. Uh, of course there's API. I don't want to get so technical, but you know, you guys have done a great job aggregating all the massive data from these, you know, like you said, the lar- largest e-commerce sites in the world. Um, I don't know if you want, if you want to get so technical, but I kind of want to just dig in a little bit under the hood. We, you know, about some of the, some of the structure or how you guys have managed to, you know, translate and get all this data. It's really amazing. Uh, yeah, well, we're first and foremost, a, a tech platform. Mm. So <clears throat> fortunately we have a great tech team, um, headed by our, our, third co-founder, TJ or, or Tyler, as he's known to a lot of people. And um, yeah, I mean, in the early days, it was, it was really tough trying to figure out if the tech was even possible and how we were going to do it. And then what kind of business model uh, we would have around that. But once we, once we were able to get the core tech in place, which was, the you know, that you, yeah, you, exactly the search, you perform a search on our website and it instantly searches all of Taobao and Tmall and brings you back the results. So once we had that in a very kind of basic function, we were all ready to kind of quit our jobs. And then we were like, this is going to work. And, mm-hmm. and so then we, we spent lots and lots of uh, hours and, and weeks building the platform around that, setting up our own departments. Because, you know, even if you go on Taobao and Tmall, if you want, you can translate it piece by piece. Um, yourself using a translator, but you're still going to end up with a very messy, confusing platform that that just isn't catered to foreigners, to the type of experience we like shopping and the type of products and categories we like. So we really had to look at the entire shopping experience uh, from finding products to knowing whether or not a product or seller is reliable and good to setting up the right kind of payments having, having really good customer service that, that foreigners are used to, yeah. um, which, 
probably know is not so popular. <laughs> I know so there was a lot to it. Yeah, yeah. it's true. It's 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 uh it's amazing. So. And yeah, I mean, you guys are definitely technical. You can tell, and you've also done good with internet marketing. You have a pretty regularly updated English language blog. I see, you know, just browsing it, you know, almost every couple of days, you'll have some, some good content. So maybe share some of your strategies is it content, you know, for marketing or, or growing your, growing your, uh, user base. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just really comes down to just, I mean, uh, you hear it all the time, just creating good content um, and not selling out, I think is also a big thing, um, especially in the beginning when you're first starting out with marketing. I think there's a sort of a mad dash and rush just for acquisition of users. Um, and you might be thinking about, I want to start just doing clickbaity things or cross promotional things. But um, one thing that I think we've been good about is just really staying true to just specializing what we do, which is e-commerce. Um, and we just make sure that we just work, we do a good job in writing good content that is just about Baupals instead of trying to um, just get people to click on, on anything mm-hmm. they can. Um, mm-hmm. I hear you. Yeah, that was, that was the decision that we made that we committed to very early on was, was making sure that all of our content was relevant to the users. And and WeChat, I mean, if we're talking about content and marketing in China, we got to talk about WeChat because it is, it's such a mm-hmm. central piece of our business. I mean, we, we, not only do we have WeChat followers as, as a channel for getting our content out there, but through our, our official WeChat account, people can, people can access their, their shopping cart. They can browse for deals. Mm-hmm. They can basically use our entire platform through our WeChat and then pay with, with one click um, or with just a fingerprint scan. And then they can also message us on WeChat on that same account in order to talk to our customer service agents. Yep. Um, so WeChat has been such a, a huge piece of what we do. And, and that's where we get most of our, our content out to the users. Right. And it's very easy to share WeChat content as well. Um, I mean, you, everybody in China knows WeChat is just the ultimate app. I mean, so yep. you have e-business, it does have to revolve around WeChat within yeah. China. It's true. I mean, the, the whole world is, the whole world is, a Chinese world is in, in WeChat. I mean, yeah. it's literally. Yeah. Powerful ecosystem. I, I think that's the toughest thing whenever uh, I go back to the States or something is no one's got WeChat. I'm just, mm-hmm. How do you? How do you guys live? This is in <laughs> life. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we also should, should give a shout out to uh, our awesome content writer, mm-hmm. uh, Ginger, you know, who does most of the content. She she is kind of the voice of Bao Pals. And um, in the early days, Charlie and I did a lot of the content and it was we never imagined we'd find someone who could who could write the way we write. And I mean, of course, there are great writers out there, mm-hmm. but they're they're hard to find in China, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, they come and go. Not a lot of foreigners stay here long term. Um, and also to find someone who just had a similar style as right. we had uh, with a similar sense of humor. And, and so we're, we kind of lucked out. Yeah, I think our content is pretty unique uh, in China. It really sort of encapsulates sort of the our company culture. Um, it's, you know, we're professional, but also quite lighthearted as well. Um, yeah, we don't take ourselves too seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. It's great. And, uh, yeah, shout out to Ginger. Thank you. The content is, <laughs> is hard, uh, hard to keep going. And, and, uh, yeah, I mean, just like this podcast, I mean, I think consistency is key, right? I mean, having it regularly updated 
for both the effectiveness of, you know, on, on, uh, on search and, and also audience building. So it's great. You guys are using that strategy and keeping it up. Um, well, we, we started talking about WeChat, so it's, it's on my list. Maybe we get into that now. So how you guys, yeah, like you said, done a great job. You can even use the shop WeChat shop. So, um, I think, do you want to give us some ideas of how you're, you're operating. I don't know what, know how hard I want to dig, but of course you got your e-commerce shop on your website. You got WeChat. There's these other like Facebook channels. What's more famous or, or popular for your, you know, foreign or English speaking customers or, you know, maybe the evolution of your systems or. Well, actually, I mean, we run everything out of our, you know, official WeChat um, account, which is um, based just a mobile responsive version of our, our website. So it is the exact same thing. We don't actually have our own specific WeChat shop. Oh, it cool, feels cool. like, and it's kind of, it's kind of funny because uh, it's a lot of people. We just had a, like an interview recently with City Weekend Beijing, and they didn't even know that we had a website. They thought <laughs> we were just we. Um, it just kind of goes to show how big WeChat is in China. That uh, a lot of people are hearing about Baopao's and like, oh yeah, we are a WeChat app. And actually, that's where we our, our content writer Ginger. We actually poached her from uh, another another company that wrote about us and called us one of these kick-ass WeChat apps. Um, and we're like, well, actually, we're not just a WeChat app. It's it's actually just a you know we're a website that's mobile responsive, and so it feels just like a WeChat app. But yeah, yeah what what we did was we started with the website, um, and then of course you know we wanted to make the website mobily responsive because you know, half the shopping people do nowadays is mobile and, and for Chinese shoppers, it's even more so. Uh, but our shoppers are foreigners and it's about 50, 50 split between mobile shopping and web shopping. And, um, through WeChat, basically what you can do is you set up an official account if you're an enterprise. Um, and then through that service account, you can customize the WeChat menu so that when people go to your WeChat, they have they have an experience almost like they're on an app within WeChat. Mm -hmm. um, and so from there, you know, we're able to to let people shop on the platform, talk to customer service uh, and view all of our content as well uh, right through our, our WeChat account. So it's it's extremely useful. Okay. And we're, we're pretty much split about 50 50 from mobile WeChat users to um, the website um, on, on desktop PC. Um, so it is, it is pretty, you know, WeChat is just, it is huge. It's without it, you know, we wouldn't have half of our customers. Cool. Very cool. And yeah, of course I see ICP license on the footer there. So you guys have gone through the proper channels to make it all. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if, you, if you want to build an online company yeah. in China, you, you better do it the right way. Right. Get yourself, get yourself legal and uh, do, do as much as you can, you know, to make sure that you're protected. It's, it's always confusing in China too. I mean, yeah, you can, you can get started. I mean, one of the good things about, about, um, starting a business in China is you, you can kind of just get going, um, and hit the ground running. And then, and, and you know, there's, there's always a bit of flexibility. Um, but when the time comes, you know, you can get yourself set up the right way and make sure that you have all the legal structures in place. Exactly. So about the ICP, so you were an e-commerce company. So is it, is there different levels or do you feel like sharing a little bit about that for, I know everybody struggles with ICP. I don't know if you want to talk about the process a little bit or some of your experience. 
Well, it's not really an exciting problem. <laughs> yeah, I know that. But. I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's, there's, whenever you're, you're looking into the, the business license or the ICP, my advice would be to talk to people who have gone through it before. You can talk to an agent. You, you probably will need to. Um, but one of the things we learned very early on was that having a Chinese person on your team that you can really trust and who's, who's very thorough is absolutely essential mm-hmm. because as a foreigner, not being fluent in Chinese, you're never going to fully understand uh, all of the documentation and the paperwork and, and legal steps you need to go through to get your business off the ground. And so having somebody on your team who you can trust you to find and give you the right information um, and make sure that you're you know, ticking all the boxes is, is really key. And fortunately, we, we got that early on. Right. Yeah. My advice would be don't try to do any of it by yourself unless you are native Chinese. Yeah. You really need that uh, a really good Chinese friend partner to help you out on this stuff. And some patience, I think, or at least (laughs) (laughs) it's going to be a process. So great guys. And so, yeah, like going into customer service, which, you know, you guys have been really well known for, I think we hear it. I've heard it and everyone else, you know, you, and you said it yourself. So you take pride in your customer service. I don't want to pick on Chinese customer service too much, but you kind of make sure you kind of keep that Western customer service experience. Do you, you kind of want to give us some of your, your uh, magic here or some of your process? Um, I think it's just being genuine more than anything and being real. So people know that you're talking to a real person. Um, actually in the early days, Pretty much I handled almost all the customer service when we first started and when it's your own baby as well, you, you know, you don't want to make sure anybody has a bad impression. Um, so we were really, really concerned, uh, not just concerned, we really just cared that, that everybody had a great experience. And it was also just a lot of fun for me seeing people coming onto our platform, asking questions, wanting to find products. I was just so excited to, uh, to help out that I think people felt that genuine, you know, that this person really wants to help me because I actually did because it was, you know, it's our company. Um, and everybody that we've hired so far is we, we make sure that they have that same feeling that this is not just working at, uh, you know, any company, this is also, you're part of this company. Um, and you, and they are all of our staff do care about our customers. So I think that's really the main thing. Yeah. And I, I think, um, another thing that really helps us is that we are also customers of Valpals. Um, we, you know, first and foremost built this platform because we were having the problem that we wanted to solve. We, we wanted to shop online in China, um, and we simply couldn't do it. And so as soon as we got our site working, we were the first test customers, um, and we're still customers to this day. So we go through the customer experience. We even, you know, now we have a, we have a much larger service team. We use the customer service channels to get help with our own orders. So we're, (laughs) So, you know, so, so we're constantly experiencing the site, uh, the platform as a customer and, and that makes sure that, you know, we find ways of improving it. We, we can look at, at every little step that our service team takes, how our technology works, how they communicate with us. And, and so we're always just trying to find ways to improve it. Um, looking at it from a customer's perspective. Mm -hmm. Very cool. And would you say more of your customers are in China or outside of China? Oh, they're, they're all in China. Oh, okay. So you have to deliver inside of it. The customers yeah, has to be here. 
Yeah, um, we're, we're looking at uh, starting to branch internationally later this year. Um, but seeing how, you know, the whole idea was originally we'll start solving this expat problem and then expand. Okay. Um, but we realize the expat market is, is quite large. We've still just scratched the surface um, that we're just sort of improving the platform right now to the point we're ready to start shipping overseas. Yeah, we do. We do get a lot of people contacting us, um, especially on Facebook. Um, and they look at the site and, and then they, they try to shop and then they realize that you can only enter a shipping address in China. And so they ask us, you know, hey, when will you guys be shipping to Australia or to the U.S. or uh, to Hong Kong, Singapore? And so it's it's tempting to try to open up the platform uh, to these you know overseas locations. But we really want to make sure that we that we continue improving it and and getting everything set up, the resources in place, because going international is a whole other ball. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I could imagine. Sorry, I didn't know that. Actually, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> I'd love to, to follow how that process goes. Uh, maybe we'll get you back on next year and uh, see how it's been developed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot can do change. Part two, yeah, yeah we, it's been one year so far and um, you know, we feel like we've, we've come a, a pretty long way, but we definitely have much, much bigger plans uh, for the platform in this second year. Cool. I don't, if, if you don't mind disclosing maybe where you're at now, it's like numbers size wise, maybe team or, or anything you're willing to, to give us an idea of, of, of your, you know, one year's progress. Yeah. And so, I mean, started with just, uh, three of us, you know, and then within one year, now we have an office of 28, 20, yep, 28 people 20, now. Yeah. Mm. And we've, uh, we've sold over 300,000 products in right. this first year. Um, a lot of that coming in the second half of, of the year, right? Uh, because the early days, you know, we uh, on the first, the first official day of the platform, we sold about, uh, 22 items. Mm. And it was very exciting. We had a handful of people making orders on the site. Um, and, uh, you know, on the one year anniversary, we sold several thousand items. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the difference was pretty staggering. And it's just it's been great to see that. Right. And when we're still the, the growth rate has been pretty consistent. You know, we've been uh, growing at a steady, like what, 20, 30 percent, you know, every month um, since we, we launched. So it's. Cool. It's, we want to see that continue. Yeah. And one thing too, we've, we've learned is you got to, you got to anticipate the, the peak seasons and the low seasons. And because it's our first year, we really don't know like how, how much are we going to dip when, when people are going off on holidays and, and also how much are we going to, going to peak when, you know, Christmas shopping season starts or when the eleven eleven sale comes along. Mm. So, um, it's been cool to see, to see the, um, you know, the roller coaster of, of cool. shopping. So, mm. so awesome. So how about funding or, you know, bootstrapping or, or outside funding or friends and family or. Yeah. Um, it was the vast majority was bootstrapped. Um, in the beginning we just reused our own funds, um, which wasn't much. Um, and then after that, we, uh, began asking a few friends if they were willing to pitch in, um, and, you know, just give us a little bit to get going. And we were accepting really small sums of, you know, like 5,000 RMB from, you know, friend <laughs> yeah. A. Shanghai, Shanghai IPO or, or pre-IPO yeah. or something. One thing I, I like about how we did it is is we, we really just were so excited to start building the product that we didn't really get so involved in the startup scene. We didn't go to pitch events. 
we didn't we didn't go out trying to sell our idea and raising uh, you know a big round of capital. Instead, we we just kind of got by on the bare minimum, um, and that that put us in a state of desperation. That forced us to to think, okay, we need to get this product out there. And we also need to make sure that our, our business model is one that's going to be profitable. Um, and we had to keep our costs low. We couldn't reward ourselves, you know, too early, mm-hmm. just a bunch of funding. Um, and so that, that forced us to be really smart about how we, how we do things. Um, and, uh, and I think, you know, it's, it's actually, it's actually an asset to not have too much funding. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I would say, I mean, First, I mean, the, the idea was a solid idea, but the execution, I don't think, could have come about if we received a large, you know, uh, seed funding round. If we, um, if we got, you know, a million dollars or something, I think that's actually a, a bit of a pitfall for a lot of startups. They focus too much on you know, raising the money. And then once you have the money, then they think they've already won the game. Instead, we were just focused on, OK, the only way that we can succeed is if we build a really good product. Um, and it has to, we have to be smart about it and make sure that we stay profitable and we got to get cash flow positive as quickly as possible or else we're not eating any food. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely yeah. a stressful, right. stressful noodle, 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 noodle yeah. diet. Yeah. <laughs> Actually potatoes, I think were the best. <laughs> yeah. I love it, man. Best, yeah, most for your bucket. Uh, yeah. I love it. I love it. I mean, I'm on the same page as you guys, you know, I think just, I think that's the best way to really build a business, but I'm sure you won't have trouble raising if you needed it. But, uh, this is great, really a great story. And uh, I could probably, we could probably dig in so much longer, but you know, I, I know you guys are busy building your startup and, and, uh, we can kind of get towards the end here. Um, you know, of course there's always the comment, what tips would you give? I, you've already been dropping a lot of value here. If there was one tip for a listener trying to crack the China market, you know, doing business here, what would you guys what would you guys give them? Um, I don't think there's any, you know, magic you know, silver bullet, um, but it really just comes down to, I think for any business is you have to really I, solve a real problem. Um, you can't just be like, Oh, I got to, you know, I, I know how to make great pies. I'm going to make a lot of money out of this or something. It has to be, are you solving something that a, a real pain point that people um, experience. And if you re- can really identify this pain point and it doesn't have to be something that everybody experiences, but it, there's a real market for it. You, you can tell like for us, it's the expat community is small um, and it's young, but there's a lot of pain points that we experience every day. Focus on those pain points first. Think about how can you make my life, you, you know, how would this, I can make my life easier and I'll probably make other people's lives easier as well. And if you can find something like that and you can solve that problem, then you got the beginnings of a business. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would agree with that fully. It's, it's all, it's all about the idea in the beginning and and solving a real problem uh, that has a real need. And, and you might, you know, you, you want to get involved and and get feedback from people as well. Uh, Just be careful that those people aren't just going to offer you, you know, support and encouragement and not question the idea. You want people to challenge you and make sure that you're really onto something. Um, And then also too, I think, the people that you choose to work with and build it with, because you can't go it alone. And it's yeah. so important to have, to have people you work with that you trust and that you can communicate well with, because you're, you're to be so close with your, um, your partners, um, because you're going to be spending all your time together and you're going to be going through the ups and the downs. And it's super important to have good communication so that when you fight, 
and you will. Um, <laughs> you can eventually hug it out and know that you're on the same page and know that you guys are 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 only fighting because of how much you care. I mm-hmm. I I have similar recent stories too. I think all of us do. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, this is great, guys. Thanks for being so open with us and and our listeners. Uh, how can everybody find you? Of course, Baopals B A O P A L S dot com to go crazy shopping. Um, is there other other channels or of course you got social media or or how? Yeah, you can basically find us. Um, on WeChat, Facebook, um, those are the main channels. Even Instagram, uh, we just started an account basically by searching Bow Pals. Um, and so the WeChat ID is Bow Pals. Uh, on Facebook, we're Bow Pals as well, same as Instagram. Awesome, awesome. Thanks, guys, so much. And uh, yeah, I think we should do a one-year update. I'm, I'm interested. I've done it. Some others like it too, if you're down. But uh, if not, like, yeah, uh, wish, wish you guys well. And uh, let's... Uh, Let's uh, hope you the best. All really right, appreciate yeah. it. Okay, Bow Pals. Thanks, guys. And I do like that company name. And you guys got good branding. And, and of course, customer service is very important. So keep up the good work. And uh, we'll, we'll try to get you back on in a year or so. A lot of people like the follow-up show we did with Chris Davey. Talking about one year later after selling on Amazon FBA. And I'm going to try to do more of those. As always, the show notes are at globalfromasia.com slash episode 167, 167 shows, guys. Thanks for being with me. I don't know if since the beginning or when did you guys start listening? Some people just catching on now. And uh, thanks for coming along for the ride. And so time for me to get back preparing for our epic cross-border summit, April 21st. It's a Friday and a Saturday, April 22nd here in Shenzhen, China. And I'm not too shy anymore to promote it because it's going to be really epic. We got amazing speakers. I'm so surprised people are wanting to come out and share with us. So uh, I hope to see you there. And, you know, let's just keep growing this community and making things happen. There's actually a lot of things on the pipeline. Just almost got in an accident. Literally somebody in the road here so uh, i don't know just keep making action keep making things happen right i i could have waited to do this intro but just like doing things on the move so i hope you guys don't have reasons or excuses not to get your business done or get things going and just get that blog going get that product online and uh maybe you'll be on the show someday that'd be great take care and if you shoot me a note mike at globalformasia.com see you later peace To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.